In a world riddled with movie commentary comes a podcast that does exactly that. From the studios at Impact 89 FM, Movie Chat. All right, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Movie Chat where we talk newly released movies, newly on streaming sites, and then also news that's happening around Hollywood in the film industry. And today I have a few of my friends here with me. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I'm going to introduce a question to them and I'm going to ask them, who would you want to play you in a movie? We're going to start with Alex. Hi, uh, I'm Alex. I was on the show the last episode, had a lot of fun, glad to be back. Oh man, if I had to choose somebody to portray me in a movie, that's that's one on the spot there. Oh boy, Tom Hardy. Good answer, good answer. Ooh. I like that, yeah. I like that. Well, my name is George McNeil. Hi, George. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Um, who would play me in a movie? Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, Kieran. I love Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. He's just the amount of heartfelt and the just the right amount of slimy that I am. So it's a perfect fit. Hello, my name is Amber. Believe it or not, I would actually also choose Kieran Culkin. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Similar vibes coming from both of you guys. To, is dark, it? What's your reasoning? Just like overall dark energy, like quirky, funny, a little cute. Okay. Wow. Um, Great minds think alike. I'm Maddie, and I would probably choose either Emma Watson or Billy Lord. Mm. I like those. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like both of them a lot. So let's get into news in the film industry. There's been a lot of newly released stuff happening where people have been talking. And I just want a quick recap on the Oscars because that was just last week. And I just want to say congratulations, Parasite. I'm so happy and so ecstatic that one. I personally won my family's little Oscar ballot we had just because I chose Parasite and I believed in Bong Joon-ho like I was supposed to. What, were you yeah. guys happy with the decisions that were made? I was I was ecstatic. I was shocked that Parasite won. I didn't have faith in the Academy to yep. give the award to the truly best movie of the year. I think it's the best movie I've seen maybe in the last three four years. So I I, I was ecstatic. I yeah I'm in the same boat. I I had less faith as well. In fact in in a in a separate ballot I did I put 1917 taking the cake as well as like in most other categories that that was gaining a lot of late hype I saw yeah a lot it, of articles came out about it yeah for sure and I and I just saw it probably the most recently too so I was like that was a good movie I you know thinking yeah. it was gonna win and it it took away a couple of, bit of the ones I was expecting but that no it was, I was pleasantly surprised it was a pretty good show it was fun though this year like they had some they had some music. They had some jokes that went on for too long. A lot of jokes <laughs> that went on for too long. What was Eminem doing there? I mm, no good do. business doing. <laughs> no, none. Absolutely, everyone was kind of confused. Martin Scorsese, I think, fell asleep. I hope that was true. <laughs> that was the best gif I've ever seen. Like, like you know, you get all the people who don't really know how to react to Eminem, like in the environment they're in right now. Yeah, but then you. <laughs> Like, you know, you have some people who are just, they're vibing with it. And then you have Martin Scorsese, who's just pure misery. Yeah, you, ha you yeah. have everyone over the age of 60 just sitting there like, what am I supposed yep. to do? I don't get it. Yeah. I've been seeing a meme recently where it's that clip of Eminem performing, but it's a different song each type in a different meme in a video. And so it's just the whole crowd vibing. And I saw one where it was the song from The Lighthouse, the little sea shanty they sing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just vibing with it, so I love that. But then also I want to touch on, I think that the Independent Spirit Awards 
were a little bit better this year in terms of theatrics, just because I don't know if you guys saw the clips from them. They had uh, a men's gay choir come in and sing about how Laura Dern owned this year and they kept singing her name and she was dancing to her own name really feeling herself and then they had another bit that i can't think of right now but it was just i'm sure it was hilarious oh it was adam sandler's speech which was just oh yeah amazing i actually well truthfully so you watched the independent spirit awards i watched the parts that were on twitter so you didn't watch the whole thing no but i know that aubrey plaza was hosting no, I'm sure it was yeah, better. Yeah. I like. I wish I had seen it. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know anyone who has seen the whole thing because I don't know how much they televise it. Is the thing? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah but film, but film Twitter was, of course, you know, Independence Spirit Awards are the best awards. But how many of those people actually saw it? You know? Yeah, it's that's true. It's a theory. But Oscars didn't have a host this year, and I think they were trying to compensate by having a bunch of funny people introduce <laughs> the presenters. So they were introducing someone who was going to introduce another person. And yeah. it was just a lot of, like, messiness. Yeah, it, it was a little chaotic. You couldn't really tell, you know, what what the organization style was going yeah. forward there. And there there was one part of the Oscars that kind of, it didn't, it didn't bother me per se, but it made me, like, uncomfortable. And that was the first, like, musical act where I just, I, I couldn't stop but watch Tom Hanks with the hat on his head and see if he's going to take it off his head. You guys oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about? I do, yep. When the opening musical act, I forget her name. Oh, she, Janelle Monae. Yeah. She put, she put like her little like bowler cap on Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks, and I couldn't not focus on that for the entire <laughs> musical <laughs> performance because he's right in the middle of the front row. I can see it the entire time, and I see him. He, he took the hat off and put it back on like two or three times. <laughs> and what Was the bowler hat? Did did Mr. Robinson wear a bowler hat? No, no. <laughs> What's it a reference to? Because just... everything else was film, like you know, yeah. like, like you know, every every movie that was snubbed essentially this year or that was popular and didn't get nominated yeah, was, was on a, that stage. Which I thought was kind of awkward. It was kind of just like saying that they didn't get nominated, but here's a but little. They, yeah, they're here too. Ooh, they, yeah, like don't every, forget like about us. Them. Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Well, what were some of the other ones? Uh, the Joker was featured heavily in the background dancing. They were all dressed as the Joker. Oh, yeah. Maybe they knew the results and yeah. knew that Joker wasn't going to win a ton of awards that night. And we're like, you know, here you go. Here you go, Todd Phillips. Wait a minute. Did any of you see Dr. Sleep? No. I did. Didn't that person, wasn't there a person named Rose the Hat? Not that I know. Of. Okay, wait, <laughs> I think wait, wait. I think I know what you're talking about. I didn't see the movie, but in the trailer, there is like the the Someone wearing a antagonist, hat. the antagonist wearing like a bowler oh, hat. Oh, you are so correct. Yes. Yeah, I completely forgot. So maybe the Academy was just like, here's one for Doctor Sleep. Yeah, the Stephen <laughs> King movie that no one saw this year. Yeah, sorry, Stephen King. The, but the thing is with Doctor Sleep, though, like, yeah, if you're gonna make a a sequel to a movie that's almost forty years old, yeah, like. You can't necessarily expect a lot of people to go to it because then you're like, well, man, now I gotta rewatch The Shining before I go <laughs> because that's I didn't I didn't go watch it in theaters because I'm like I, I don't want to rewatch The Shining right now. Yeah, I, watching The Shining is a commitment. <laughs> yeah, I actually was like maybe similar argument like they should have named it, like you know the the book name is Doctor Sleep. I mean, what kind of name is that? Maybe call it The, the Shining Two, The Shining Doctor Sleep as a subtitle or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, or, or, like, or like building or like Doctor Sleep, uh, a shining story or something like that. Oh, I like that. Okay, actually. all right, very um, cool. <laughs> let's move on to the next news in the film industry. Mean Girls is actually making a movie based on the musical, 
based on the movie. You are kidding. Boo. No. I I Boo. I, <laughs> I love Mean Girls as a movie, but when it went to Broadway, I did not like any of the songs really. It's not a standalone song. None of them are. So I don't understand why they're making and it wasn't widely popular. Like I got nominated for a couple Tonys, but that's because Tina Fey was connected with it. If it Tina Fey wasn't connected with it, I don't think it would have made it on Broadway at right. all. Mm-hmm. So, mean Mean yeah. Girls, the first movie, is a classic. I mean, I don't care who you, you are. You watched the second? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. The first, the first Mean Girls is a classic among people in our generation. I think. Yeah. Really, yeah. anybody who watches it can find a way to relate to it in a sense, and it's it's a really nice, fun movie. There's no reason to make a sequel. No. Like, and well, it's not even a sequel. It's, a it's remake. like a yeah. remake of a redistribution under a different art form. Yeah. It's not like any of the actors or actresses in that movie are like dead or really old. The movie came out, what, 20 years ago? No. They not even? They all reprise their roles right now and probably pass as teenagers because, you well, know, Riverdale, they cast like 30-year-olds as their yeah. teenagers, so why couldn't I Lindsay Lohan? Say, <laughs> the only one that still isn't playing like early 20s roles is like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And that's because Lindsay Lohan has gone through some stuff. what Lindsay Lohan has <laughs> gone through. She's thriving right now on a beach in Greece on her club. So hey, go good for her. F- good for her. Yeah. <laughs> not making movies anymore. Yeah. I, I wish she was. Parent Trap, yes. And then The French Dispatch is coming out, and that is a new Wes Anderson movie. I am so mm. excited for it. I love the cast. It's literally everyone you would expect to be in a Wes Anderson movie, plus Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan. Willem Dafoe, George, I know you're not that impressed. We talked about this earlier. Every day I live, someone <laughs> tells me Timothy Chalamet's name, and I'm supposed to be... Impressed. I'm supposed to have renewed vigor for life. And that's and how I, I do, feel every I day not. I wake up. And every day you <laughs> wake up, you look at his jawline, you're Timmy. like... Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> you see that's this? how I feel. I'm like, I can live another day because I know that I live in the timeline in which Timothy Chalamet got famous, and I can appreciate him from afar. Yeah, you know I, I definitely felt that at the beginning. I have some more to say about this later, but I just feel like seeing someone in pop culture so much for me takes away from like their ability to act for that's me. That's fair. I, I get that too. Like um, I just see Timothy Chalamet as like a meme. <laughs> yeah, he is. L- like the like the sweatsuit he showed up in into the Oscars wearing. Yeah, or like the dirt stash he had like oh, right goodness. after "Call Me by Your Name" came out. But it was for this movie, as we discovered through the trailer. He's playing chess. He's got that dirt stash on, and you're like, Much "Whoa!" To think about. Mm. Maybe something's there. I won't be able to sit through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching Downhill last night. And a trailer for this movie came on. Yeah. And I have to give full credit to my girlfriend, Katie, for this line because it just fits too perfectly. The French Dispatch is like the Irishman for indie movie fans. I think that's kind of true. They based Whoa. it off the New Yorker is what they said. The French really? Dispatch was. Yeah. I, I, I love um, that quote. I'm very excited about what both of you just said, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I'm kind of split on Wes Anderson's filmography because like there's a good half of it that I'm like, wow, that was really meaningful and like I really enjoyed how that was made. And then there's another half that's like very much just like style over substance. Yeah, so, no, no, I get that. But man, I just, 
I can't get over the Grand Budapest Hotel. I love that movie. See, that's the one for me that I was like, I really wanted to like it. Oh, I loved it. But I kind of felt... I loved it. I loved how it, it was... It was weird, but I definitely get what you're saying where you feel like it's like almost in your face. Like, look at how weird and quirky we That's, are. Mm-hmm. That was my takeaway from even yeah. seeing this trailer. Like, I'm I'm going to go see it. I'm probably going to probably like it. But, I don't, you know, like a 40-person ensemble cast where they probably only each have five lines and, like, you know, are just kind of reactionary characters. It's, I don't know. I'm I'm nervous, but maybe I'm just not in the right mindset. How how'd you feel about Isle of Dogs? Did yeah, you see it? I did see it. Okay. Same sort of thing. Like I liked a lot of it and I thought it had a lot of charm, but overall I was just kind of like, hmm, I don't know. I think there are a lot of like what you're saying. I'll show saying. myself out by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah I, I please. Say, maybe, maybe Thanks I'm for just... being here. <laughs> That's all we needed. I was gonna say, I kinda do agree with you where it's like there are a lot of A-list actors in this, which there's like at least like forty. Yeah. So it is going to be tough. I'm trying to feel out the story right now by watching the trailer, but it's hard to mm-hmm. to see like who are they going to focus on and like what aspects are going to be black and white and what's going to be in color because yeah. they're trying to join both of them. But it's just so pleasing to look at a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. That's the thing. Another yeah. part of it for me is that I feel like everyone involved is doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Like none of those like actors need the Wes Anderson paycheck. <laughs> yeah, like right. they're doing it probably because they're friends with Wes Anderson. And yeah. They love working with each other because they know the people who are typically in there. Like oh, they yeah. enjoy like putting on the quirky costumes every few years and like saying like the dumb lines. Like I just, it just feels like it looks like they're having fun in the movies to me. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. The the pastel color palette and the the dry humor. Yeah. yeah. That stuff is my are consistently my favorite aspects of his movies. Like I just, love the color palette and yeah. just the the symmetry of everything. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then also, okay, so another news, Knives Out 2 is being planned. And recently, Ryan Johnson tweeted out, he's like, what should we call the sequel? And I just wanted to know if you guys had any ideas. There's been a lot of like interesting takes on this, if you guys have seen it. Maybe we, feed me some first. Did Forks you say uh, Knives Out 2 is for sure confirmed? Yeah. Yes. That's so he's, crazy. he's beginning to write it right now is the thing. That's mm-hmm. why he was like, we need suggestions for the sequel. <laughs> and then someone said like knife swap for one. And then they said Knives Out 2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. How, how about how about like Forks In or something like yeah, that? Forks Out? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the tricky thing they have to do is because like, you know, with different sort of uh, like Agatha Christie novels, you know, they have the main detective, Poirot, I think is how you say his name. And then they have all these different ni- titles for the mysteries, like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express. Every other movie that isn't Murder on the Orient Express, I can't give examples. But, you know, like this character, you know, Knives Out, that, like, you know, it did really well. But the Daniel Craig's character, like Bennett Bo- Benoit. Benoit Blanc. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bennett Benoit. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, they can't just make it retrospectively like Bennett. What was his name? Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Thank you. They can't retrospectively. The, the f- Hold on. So they what can- they're going to do with the sequels. Thank you. <laughs> they're going to have the detective stay the same. Yeah. And they're going to change the characters and do another, like, similar story maybe. Yes. But, yeah. So, At least that's what my assumption is. So if they keep it knives out. I mean, what if it doesn't involve a knife? That's I, true. I feel I feel like the knives did play a big, you know, the yeah. symbolic like yeah, throne the, of the knives yeah. and everything. I thought that was a big aspect of the knives out movie. Yeah. So 
I, I don't know. I think you might just have to change it. Maybe it'll be like guns out. Or like whatever weapon, like, the weapons just get more intense yeah. as the franchise yeah. goes on. I'm just thinking of like clue. Out. I'm thinking of like clue pieces right now. Yeah, like rope out the candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> they have been saying that it's gonna be like that, like where it's a detective following him, and they have been playing with an idea of maybe he just has like a random accent each time too, which I thought was funny. Oh, there's a. I found one suggestion. Um, Deadline Hollywood tweeted, "Knives out too." It's wow. pretty, pretty short, sweet, wow. to the point. Yeah. There's another one featuring, uh, I'll hold it up for everyone in the room. It's featuring Mo, the bartender from The Simpsons. I love it. And it just says, two knives. <laughs> uh, right. This one I think is my favorite. It says, knives out too. Adam Driver is in it. I saw that one too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say a moment ago, is that I'm not sure like what they're going to do without the amount of like star power that they had in the first one. Well, Maybe I, more people will be I was going to say, time. I think it might be easier to recruit people this time. And if Ryan Johnson was able to get that cast without an idea, I mean, without a, a legit, you know, audience right. that's already there, because an ensemble whodunit movie is definitely not what's in style right now. Yeah. So, yeah. You cannot replace Jamie Lee Curtis, though, is the only thing. I love how it featured, like, like speaking of Murder in the Orient Express, that came out like two years ago and it was... Um, it featured like a bunch of you know bigger names, mm-hmm. like Daisy Ridley was in Josh it. Gad, yeah, yeah, Josh Gad, Johnny Depp. Critically yeah. panned though, yeah, not a lot of people liked it, and that, yeah, but like th- that had like an A list cast, and this had I want to say, no offense to anyone who was in it, but more of a B list cast, like people who aren't like, no, they're great actors and actresses, but like they were, th- they're not like appearing in movies every yeah. year. I think they're knives out. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just like a perfect timing where like. They had all kind of come out of a different franchise of some sort. Yeah, like yeah, because right. Chris Evans just got done with Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Jamie yeah, had Hereditary. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis had Halloween. Halloween. She just did oh, her. Duh. Re- yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure she got out of the the Truvia commercials too. So yeah. <laughs> I think a lot. Of, <laughs> I think a lot of these actors are like well known actors, but they're not. Necessarily, they're more selective about the roles. Yes, this way, and they're they're known, but they're just not in ev- something every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Michael Shannon got out of the DC universe the yeah. right time, I guess. So. Oh, yeah. After um, the one movie he was in <laughs> yeah. in 2014 or whatever. Yeah. General Zod, right? I think. Yeah, that's like right. That. Someone also said, put those knives back where they came from, or so help me. And then they put the <laughs> Monsters Inc. gif under Mike it. Mike Wazowski, yeah. Yeah. I, I cool. appreciate that one. Or, you know, there's always knive, the knives and the out Tokyo Drift. So you could always. Play with stuff. Tweet at movie night WDBM with your suggestions for the subtitle. Yes, exactly. All right. So we're going to now turn to what's on campus this week with RHA. And that's where we go over what's what's playing at Wells Hall this weekend yes. because we are a radio station on Michigan State campus and we want to support our friends at RHA. Yay. Go RHA. Go, <laughs> so this weekend at RHA, they're going to be showing Queen and Slim and 21 Bridges at Wells Hall. Mm. And I don't know if you guys have seen either of these. But... I have not. I'm actually kind of excited. I kind of want to go to this now. Both of these movies I wanted to see, but didn't. So yeah. this is great. Yeah, I wanted to see both of these. I heard Queen and Slim was really, really good. And that one is written by Lena Waithe, who is a queen. Gosh, I love her. And then that one is basically about how a date 
a first date takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls them over for a traffic violation. And then it becomes a Bonnie and Clyde type thing because the character Daniel Kalua and ends up like killing him. And then they are on the run for the rest of the movie. And it sounds like a commentary. So I kind of really wanted to see that. And then 21 Bridges is with Chad McBoseman coming right out of the Black Panther, out of the superhero movies Mm -hmm. and this one i haven't heard a ton about but i heard that it was the thing is with this movie you watch the trailer and you have seen the entire movie every action movie ever well Mm -hmm. yeah but i feel like it i feel like it's even worse for this one because the first time i saw the trailer i turned to my friend and i said i know exactly what's gonna happen (laughs) i know exactly what's gonna happen and I, I sure I'll say it here. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if this is true or not. But when you watch the trailer, you see Chadwick Boseman. He's burying his dad, who was a Nigerian native who was killed as an NYPD officer. And then Chadwick Boseman ends up growing up and being an NYPD detective, right? So then there's this big robbery and things go down, and these two guys are on the run and they've stolen a lot of money. And Chadwick Boseman's trying to track them down, except. Wait, hold on. There's some shady stuff happening here. Chadwick Boseman wants to close down the entire city. He wants to shut down all 21 bridges. Wow. That's the title, title. of the movie. Roll, cr- roll credits, guys. <laughs> so then uh, Chadwick Boseman is trying to uh, get people to lock down the city, but the, the city can't be locked down because then there's some economic ties to it too because if you shut, if you shut down the city, then there will be an economic crisis. And you don't want the economic crisis to happen. And then, wait, maybe there's some police corruption thrown in here, too. And maybe Chadwick Boseman's dad was killed because it was an inside job. Some cops yeah. killed Chadwick Boseman's <laughs> no, dad. No, and then no. Chadwick Boseman finds out. And then he realizes that the guys who stole the money are actually not the worst people. And they were set up, too, by these same people. And, and then, then, wow, they all have to team up at the end of the movie and take down the bad guys. Amazing. That's what the movie is. I can almost guarantee it. Just a reminder, Alex did not spoil anything because he has not seen this movie. (laughs) I haven't seen it, but I have. (laughs) We've all seen it. Maybe maybe the twist is, so you go in expecting 21 bridges, right? (laughs) They're going to shut down 21 bridges. They only shut down 20. Yeah. And then the one bridge. Is the one they escape on. (laughs) Yeah. That's the 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 one bridge they don't shut down. That's the antagonist. You, that yeah. they did it's, it. They can't like pull Total, the lever enough to like. That's, that's storytelling one hundred and one. You know, you have you have man versus nature, man versus self, man, man versus, versus food, man, man. Yeah, yeah, man versus bridge. <laughs> um, I love I, a good man versus bridge flick. Yeah, please. I I will note this was directed. By the, 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 the what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? The guys who directed the Avengers movies. Yes, no, it was produced by them. What? Mm-hmm. I wasn't directed by them. Uh, Hold on. Let me just make sure. I'm about to fact check. I I, I thought yeah, it, was it was directed. It was directed by Brian Kirk. It was produced by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. See, I, that, that that's where it is. But I did get excited when I saw their name because they did push it during the trailers. Okay. They were like the Russo brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. And then I, and then the Russo like, brothers have made Marvel movies, and that's it. Hey, that may be true. They but, didn't just make Marvel movies, though. Like, they made Marvel movies. They lived it. They were hey, in hey. it. John, John Favreau was the one who made the Marvel okay, movies. Okay, I love give John. That. I love you. John, mm, I, I don't know about that one. Oh. John Favreau's style is just, let's get a bunch of actors in a room. Let's have them 
That's a spitball movie. and improv for a little bit, and then we'll edit it really aggressively so it looks like we scripted it. I don't know. But really, he, there was no script. He also directed The Lion King and Jungle Book, so which had the same things. Okay, yeah, that's true. He just copied. Yeah, he just the actors all went to his studio, and he's like, "All right, you're animals." And then he said, "Go, Go. for it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you got Seth Rogen. Doing the little, <laughs> and then Billy Eichner yelling really aggressively, and then they made a movie. As they do, God, that's I, true. I am so damn funny. Let's they, just talk about. They that. slapped some good visual effects on it and said, "There's a line." <laughs> yeah, so that's what at, what's at RHA this week. If you're interested in that, go check it out on the link. I'm gonna attach. I forgot it. we were talking about RHA. Yeah, yeah, but that's what's showing at RHA this week. So if you're interested in that, check out the link. Next up, we're going to talk about what's new in theaters recently. And Amber and George recently saw Birds of Prey. Tell me, how was oh that? Oh, my God. You, you Did take, you see you it? Take... I saw it as well. I have the uh, the commemorative bucket in my car. You're amazing. <laughs> I love a Birds of Prey stand. Well, yeah. How about you leave the charge in this one quick? Okay. I have our uh, list here separated between the pros and the cons. Yeah, please. Pros list, very short. The costuming was amazing. You could definitely tell that like women were doing the costuming on this one. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Harley, that. Yeah, Harley Quinn herself looked amazing the entire time. I don't. The other characters, what was her name? The black. Uh, black canary. The black canary looked amazing. Costuming was just very good. Even McGregor's costuming, amazing. Yeah, you got all the masks. You got all the. <laughs> you got everyone like all the inhabitants of Gotham, respectively, are looking pretty cool. You know. Yeah. And then another kind of pro is that it was just like fun to see even McGregor be like crazy. Campy, yeah. He was like really intense, and like some parts of it were good and funny, and then some parts of it were just like, oh, like calm down, please. <laughs> yeah, if he um he was actually in like one of the newest seasons of the show Fargo, and he played a very similar character there that he did here hmm. when he's like trying to really force an Americanized accent, and you could tell it's not an American <laughs> accent, but he's just committing, and he it's should just... just be himself. Yeah, justice for Ewan McGregor. <laughs> um, Honestly. And then, well, what else? Did you, what else did you like about it, Alex? Well, I kind of like the style of it. I thought yes. it was a very colorful movie. It was visually appealing, mm-hmm. fun uh, to look at. Yeah, I, I thought the actors did as best as they could. Uh, I thought Margot Robbie was was pretty good, but I just kind of want to transition here into a comment here. I was here. gonna say, um, <laughs> I didn't hate the movie as much as a lot of people did. Right? I thought it was. A lot better than Suicide Squad, and I didn't necessarily hate Suicide Squad. Whoa. Whoa. Right? <laughs> all right. Take. All right. Hot take. I didn't think Suicide Squad was the worst thing ever made. But the writing in this movie is corny as heck. It's bonkers. Man, there are it's some goofy. lines in this movie where I just I just was like, oh boy, they Did really you, said that, didn't they? George and I physically turned to each other and cringed like multiple, multiple times. Yeah. The only times I actually recall us laughing were when <laughs> so we were in a pretty like sparsely populated theater. There's people who were like in the back rows who were like cackling at like weird bits involving like the hyena it, or something. And then we were just like <laughs> <laughs> like why are people laughing at that? Yeah, that's what made us laugh. Like And also just a follow up to that is that none of those people were laughing at like the normal like written jokes. Like, they weren't it was, like, laughing the weird... at what they were supposed to laugh yeah, at. Yeah, 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 totally. And that's what I don't understand is like why is this movie being critically praised so much? Well, like, I don't okay. Know. 
So I heard something about the Rotten Tomatoes score that skews it a little bit, right? Because yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes score is like mid-70s, right? I thought it was even higher. I thought it, it was like 86. It, it was like 80-something, but it's gone down a little bit. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the critics all put it at around like a 6 out of 10. And if you judge that on the Rotten Tomatoes score, where it's either fresh or rotten, yeah, they classify a 6 out of 10 as fresh. So all those people who said it was a 6 out of 10 said, oh, well, they classified that as a fresh rating. And once those add up, then it gets to the high 80s oh, yeah. mark. It's mm-hmm. not it's not the you know equivalent to what the critics actually said. Oh. It's, it's equivalent of how many people said the same thing, pretty much. Got it. And that yeah. makes a lot of sense because, I mean, my, my letterbox score is actually a 2 out of 5 which we could multiply to a 4 out of 10, which we could also multiply to a 40% if I was a Rotten Tomatoes. So That's true. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, personally, I think I gave it like a 5.5, 6 out of 10. That, that, oh, 55%. That range. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought there were some, far, there were some parts that were entertaining. I, I liked Ewan McGregor. I liked Margot Robbie. But the part where it j- I just kind of checked out and I was like, all right, this isn't as this isn't as good as you know it, it could have been was actually when everybody teamed up. Oh yeah, we had the same issue yep. when the birds of prey got together. <laughs> it was so forced. It, yeah. it it was really forced, and I just it was like, oh, like okay, there were characters is, I liked, yeah. like I liked Black Canary as a character. She was yeah. probably my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, I liked Black Canary, and I liked the uh, the girl Cass Cassandra. S- Cassandra Kane. Yes, Cassandra yeah. Kane. I enjoyed her. The uh, the crossbow killer. Oh, the crossbow killer well, was good too. She, yeah, she was fine. Well, no, I I I thought that's who you were talking about. Never oh, mind. Cassandra, Cassandra Kane's a cop. The, yes. The, no, no, she's Cassandra the little girl. little girl. Like Man, I see. This this is where the movie <laughs> starts to issue. fall apart a little bit no, too. Is yeah, Renee Montoya is the cop? Yeah, and okay. Then the Huntress is crossbow killer. Crossbow killer. Yes. So that's another part that kind of falls apart. Outside of Ewan McGregor as Black Mask and Black Canary and Margot Robbie, I really couldn't tell you the names of the characters. Would you guys yeah. recommend this movie? If you're Looking for a DC movie that is not nearly as good as Wonder Woman, but better than Justice League, Suicide Squad, and probably comparable to Aquaman, I'd say go see it. Or if you want to see Margot Robbie in a really cool jacket made out of streamers that's really cool, go see it. If you want to get really annoyed at how some people choose to edit their movies, especially with how how aggressively they're like 50 minutes in... Okay, now we'll start telling the story chronologically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's in style with her character. I don't care. I was annoyed and it hurt my head. Then if you like subjecting yourself to really aggressive editing, go see this movie. If you want something that if you'll you like enjoy. Bad writing. <laughs> if you like bad writing, go see this movie. If you want to see a good DC movie, go see Shazam. Yes. Interesting. I'm 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 gonna have to disagree with that take. I didn't. Whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa! I hated. Well, we'll talk about it later. We'll yeah. talk about that. Um, but let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog. I think I was the only one <laughs> yeah. who saw it. I have not seen it. I can't wait to talk about it, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw Sonic the Hedgehog with two of my guy friends on Valentine's oh. Day. Oh, hey. happy Valentine's hey. Day. <laughs> <laughs> It was a riot. There were many children in the theater, but there were some college students. At the end of the movie, everyone clapped. And I 
was disgusted. I hate that. Yeah. I, I hate, hate everything about that. I hate when people clap at the end of movies or when they clap at the end of a plane ride. Plane ride? <laughs> I understand. You're no. alive. You're live. You made it. Listen, I'm the guy who led the clap for Avengers Endgame. Okay. Oh, no. So, huh? I, I, it's, it's fun. All right. I, I, ma- I made the mistake of saying in line for Infinity War. I said it way too loud around way too many people. And I said, I hate it when people clap during movies. They clapped. <laughs> Every time they had the opportunity, when Captain America was introduced, yeah, you're clap, like, clap, yeah! clap, 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 clap. When there's a funny joke, clap, 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 clap. At the end of the movie, people went wild, and I couldn't stand it. I hate. I think it makes me hate the movie even more. But Sonic the Hedgehog, I thought overall it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was so aggressively mediocre. Yeah. I thought mm. they Blue, did. Blue Man runs fast. Yeah. <laughs> I love Ben Schwartz. I think he did a good job with the voice, but it's just like something fell flat, and I don't know what it was. But was it just knuckles did. in it. No, that's <laughs> it what was it was. Red knuckles. Fist it was missing knuckles. It was missing knuckles, and it was missing Amy. tails. What about tails? What about Shadow I'm not the Hedgehog? Gonna, I'm not going <gasps> to spoil anything. Do you remember that game when Shadow had guns? <laughs> Were there any guns okay, in this I, movie? I'm not going to spoil anything. 2000 video games. Real question. Yes. Sonic design. Because that was probably like the biggest controversy yes. surrounding the movie. Yeah. Did Sonic look good? He I, thought, good. I thought it looked way better than what the first part of it was supposed to look like. And I thought that it was, it did yeah. its job. Like Sonic looks like the character of Sonic in the cartoons and everything. But it, it, there was a lot of parts that just felt forced. There was a lot of topical jokes, and I hated the part where he was like, uh, meow, that was in the trailer. When it came to that part, I was like, oh, no. And he does the, ah. Yeah. He screams. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and then he talked about chili dogs, because that's in the cartoons. The Sonic's bit, yeah. Yeah, that's his bit. But I was like, uh. But I think Jim Carrey really did save this movie. He was a great Dr. Eggman uh, doctor. It's actually Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, but he called him Eggman in the movie, actually. Spoiler alert. Sonic did. Maddie. <laughs> well, uh, actually, us true Sonic fans know. Okay. That, that's Sonic's longstanding name for, Anyways. for Dr. Egg- Robotnik. Dr. Robotnik. Uh, but I thought Jim Carrey did a great job, and he was comically funny. I thought it was a good children's movie, you know? I can see children loving this movie, but I was—it was just for me as a college-age student who spent money on this. It was supersonic. <laughs> it was not supersonic. It was <laughs> just kind of sonic. Uh, ah, you got me. Uh, I, have a, I have a question for the panel. Yes. If uh, if Sonic was here in this room, like that that Sonic, say he jumped on our counter right here. Yeah. And he was just like. Hey guys, <laughs> what would you do? I Impulse would, reaction, Maddie first. I would run and probably hide under this table, but then I would hug him. I would probably kick, kick, kick? like karate kick him right off the table. <laughs> what would you do? I, I I don't know. I'd probably just be lost for words because yeah. there's a animated hedgehog <laughs> on the table. George, he, what wait, would you do? Wait, Sonic was animated. I thought he was real. <laughs> wow, Alex. Alex, why did you I'm say sorry, so? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought he was a real funny blue we, man. We told each other we weren't going to tell George. I think I would probably high five him. Yeah. I was going to say, I would or like, like offer him to hang out, I steal his like, rings, pet him yeah. like a dog. Like, yeah, I would pet Aww, him like a dog. He's a good boy. And then he'd, he'd say some funny quirk. He'd be like, wow, 
Thanks, Amber. <laughs> I can't think of <laughs> what a, a funny quirk. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next movie. No, please, let's talk more. About <laughs> no, Sonic. I think I'm good. Yeah, uh, Alex, I think was the only one who saw Downhill, which has recently been in theaters, and that's the one with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus, comedy king and queen. What did you think? Yeah, I, I thought. And you look at the reviews. Everybody hates this movie. What? The critics. I mean, not the critics on Rotten Tomatoes have it around a 40%, and the audience score, I checked last night, 11%. I walked into this movie expecting it to be really, really bad. Yeah. I walked out, I said, wow, that movie was actually enjoyable. I liked it. <laughs> Weird. I, like, I've been wanting to see it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus did really well, actually. I, I thought the acting was fine. I thought I thought the storyline was intriguing, and it is adapted from a foreign film, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably better. I believe it's a French that's, film. That's what they're saying, because like, I'm, I'm skimming through some of the reviews, and all the reviews mention worse than the original, or the original did it better. Yeah, well, I haven't seen the original. Exactly. And I don't speak French, so... Subtitles. Watching Julia Louis-Dreyfus and... Will Ferrell, you know, battle it out kind of. It was it was enjoyable. I mean, there were some definitely funny aspects to the movie. I I laughed a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I thought there's a good mix between the seriousness and the comedy of it. And it's not like the typical Will Ferrell movie, you know, where you know it's not Talladega Nights or the other guys or something like that, where right. it's you know a raunchy comedy the entire way. I thought it was relatively grounded in reality and things were quite entertaining for the most part. I, so they, you, overall you'd recommend it? Though. O- overall, yeah. I th- I thought it was a good movie. I thought, I, I walked out of the theater, I was talking to my girlfriend Katie and we both agreed it was probably like a seven, seven and a half out of ten. I mean, it was it wasn't perfect. It wasn't groundbreaking. They didn't do anything special cinematography wise or the writing wasn't perfect. But all in all, a very enjoyable like date movie. We did sit in front of a bunch of uh, like a, a dinner party of older older folks, and they walked out and I'm like, man, that that movie was boring. That movie was bad. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? That's interesting because it, isn't it a movie about a midlife crisis more or less? Pretty much because a little bit of a spoiler here. Will Ferrell's dad died. Oh, er, that's like in the eight, trailer. Eight yeah. months earlier. So it's just kind of him coming to grips with, well, I'm my dad's dead, my kids are getting older, I'm getting older, that kind of aspect and from his perspective. And then, I mean, you watch the trailer and you see Will Ferrell grabbed his phone and ran away from an avalanche leaving his family. Yeah. So that, that obviously is a large amount of conflict throughout the entire movie, but for the most part, I, I really enjoyed it. I think maybe the problem was that people were expecting like a hilarious movie, like typical Will Ferrell, and then they got something a little bit more serious that they weren't expecting. So I, maybe that's the problem. I with it. guess, but if you watch the trailer, which I would presume most—I mean, I guess not most uh, people, but most I'll, people see an actor and they're like, "I guess I'll go see that." I guess, which is crazy I, to just, me. For me, I guess I, I like to be relatively informed about a movie going in. Like I like to know what other people have thought about it. I like to know what the basic concept of it is. I mean, obviously, for a movie like Parasite or something like that, seeing that would kind of ruin the experience. But at the same time, there's just so much that 
people don't know and they just go in blind to these movies and then they just have misplaced expectations. And I, I think it can be really detrimental to the viewing experience. Did you watch this on Valentine's Day? Uh, no, I watched it yesterday on oh. the 16th. Okay, I was going to say, if you chose this over Sonic, then <laughs> immense respect. Yeah, uh, no, I did not go see anything on Valentine's Day. Did go to eight restaurants and bought different fries for each restaurant to taste them all. Yeah, That is like, such a cute idea for yeah. Valentine's Day. wasn't my idea. I can't take credit for it, but it was. Shouts out Katie. I know. I really want some fries right now. <laughs> What are we talking about next? All right, so we're going to move on to what's new in streaming. And recently, Honey Boy just came out. I could not find it in theaters anywhere, but it came out on Amazon Prime recently. And me and George watched it together. Amber, did you watch it? I did. Mm-hmm. Me and George watched it together at like, it was a Wednesday night. I had class at 1020 the next day, and we watched it at like 12 at night. And it was heavy, very heavy. Yeah, it was, that was another movie that... Overall, I'd probably say it was very much style over substance. Yeah. Like, you know, it kind of retreads the same ground throughout. I, I wholeheartedly agree. But I was I was okay with it for this one. Like, yeah. Like, because, I mean, it was more of just like a character study and just like you're seeing how these two characters exist in relation to one another and then individually and like, like that bounce back and yeah. forth. For those who don't know, it's a, basically a biopic about... Shia LaBeouf and his dad and their relationship growing up as a child actor. And then also it goes back and forth between his more or less like 20 year old self and then his like child self and seeing how that relationship has shaped him. Right. And it's like a really in-depth look that I didn't have any idea what was happening because he is a Disney Channel star and is kind of jolting to see this and realize this was his relationship with his dad, and he was harboring all these feelings that we didn't see because we just saw him as this character from Even Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. And he's even wearing essentially the Even Stevens outfit yeah. for most of the movie without without being explicitly, you know, that yeah. character. But, yeah, it's it's a very, like, yeah, heart-wrenching movie just because there's so much heaviness and weight to both of those characters, and, you know, it's a very toxic and damaging relationship yeah. but yet they still coexist they still coexist i don't know yeah. yeah i i have not seen it but i am excited to see it mm-hmm. uh, i i want to see it i'm a big shia labeouf fan i love everything he's he's done the last couple of years so uh i'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I, I think it will be the that emotional journey that you guys are talking about yeah i highly recommend it but it is just heavy watching it like it's not what yeah, you expect it, it to be wasn't really uh i think I, f- I forget if i said this to you but in my head i was thinking gotta be honest not a lot of laughs no <laughs> plays are pretty close to the chest there yeah for sure and then i just thought that noah Joop did such a great job in it he was the little kid yeah, little boy i was so impressed with his performance it was crazy i'm just child actors in general just astound me yeah, I think he did amazing. Yeah. Probably the best part. Yeah. Also, another best part, when they mentioned Grand Rapids, Michigan, I jumped out of my Calvin chair. Calvin College. Calvin College. I was like- Yeah, you were you were like, what? <laughs> yeah, I made George rewind, because I was like, they mentioned Grand Rapids. I love, I'm that person who, if they mention Michigan in anything, I'm like, You're just that's like, where Yay! I'm from. Represent. So I was very excited about that. But yeah, that's Honey Boy. 
Thank you, Shia LaBeouf. Thank you, Alma Harrell. Bless you. Yeah. Bless you both. Uh, next up, we're talking about P.S. I Still Love You, the sequel to All the Boys I Loved Before. I think me and Amber are the only ones who have watched this, unless you've seen it, Alex. Nope. That's what I expected. <laughs> but uh, it's available on Netflix for those who are interested. But I watched this with some of my friends, and my friend Henry, I think, said it best. said, nice guys finish last. That's what I learned from I this. I hate that. <laughs> I was like, Henry. Um, but I... Saw the first one, I was in love with it, but I think what ruined the second one for me was just it went over the top with the cheesiness and also the no. fact that Noah Centineo, like Exist. watching the first one, you have no indication of who Noah Centineo is, so yeah, you like it. All of the actors are very anonymous in that one. Mm-hmm. And then now that they've blown up and now that Noah Centineo has kind of become this like kind of cringy person, mm-hmm. you kind of know it to be like, oh, I well, don't what do you know. mean? What do you mean cringy person? Because I mean, I've seen him in Have you seen most... his tweets? No. Let me pull up a Noah Centineo tweet real quick. Okay, yeah. I saw him in Swiped and I kind of was like, He's, he's, I'm done. I don't need to see any of his he's other He's known movies. to be in it, he's several in, yeah, he's, Netflix. He's in like Rom-coms. every single swiped type movie on yeah. Netflix. The Perfect Day. Was he in Tall Girl? No. no. But you'd think he was. Yeah, yeah you'd think so. <laughs> I, would be, I would be pretty close in predicting that then. Yeah. And then I thought what really saved this movie was Jordan Fisher. If you guys don't know who that is, he's on Broadway. He was on Disney Channel, but he is such a sweetheart. He plays John Ambrose, and I thought he did amazing. Did you find that tweet of Noah Centineo? Yeah, I have a couple I'd like to read off. All right. Please. These are Noah Centineo tweets. (laughs) Feeling like someone tied me to an anchor and pushed me into a lake today. So you're damn right I put sugar and cream in my coffee today. Yes. Number two. Bravery is not defined by the absence of fear, but by the courage one has to continue onward when drowning in their own greatest fears. Despite your greatest fears... Continue forward. Okay, before you go to the next one, I gotta say that's something that he Googled from like like a job interview website for yeah. like what to say to impress an employer. No, like all of these like tweets that he puts out, he puts out I would say like five of these a day. And they're just like fake deep things that like he wants to be like looked back at for saying. No, nah, okay. So this is what Noah Centineo is. He's the type he's the type of person who thinks that like ordering a complex drink at Starbucks is a personality trait. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I, I would agree with that. That fits, that fits the bill. Okay. Like Maddie was saying, I enjoyed the first one a lot. I thought that they were all just like cute, like charismatic, like little teens. Right. Like it was a very like heartwarming story. Like I remember like I shed like a tear at the end. Like I was so, like I had a lot of like empathy for the characters. Yeah. I was really happy that they were happy. And then like watching this one, I got 10 minutes into it. I had to stop it and go back and rewatch the first one because I was so annoyed. I was like, I don't care about this storyline. I already right. want this to end. Got through about half of the first one and I didn't want to watch that one either. <laughs> like, I just like can't unsee the uh, the pop culture icon that Noah has become. Yeah, I read all the books. There's three books of these, and so they're making another movie after this. It's already been made. They're just waiting to release it. But okay, <laughs> I loved the books growing up, and then. I, I do like the movies. I will say that the soundtracks to each of these movies slap. So good. So surprisingly good that it's crazy. I do think Netflix has been getting very good with their soundtracks over the yes. last couple of years. They get it. But also I do think this one, in comparison to the first one, I thought this one was a little bit 
less so entertaining or a little bit more annoying as you were saying yeah i do think that that is a risk that a lot of like a why or like young adult authors and writers have to make because there's only so many conflicts you can have a high school couple go through yeah. without like breaking up or falling in love again right yeah or how do you like make, how do you make it resonate and how do you yeah. make it yeah. Before we finish talking about this, I just want to end it with one more Noah Centineo quote, and that is from his People's Choice Awards oh my God. acceptance speech. He said, before I go, I just want to say it matters not what you've done, but what you do with what you've done for others. I felt that. That sounds like an amalgamation of presidential. Yeah. I, Poetic. I, I, heard John F, I heard John F. Kennedy in there. <laughs> That's I, what I'm saying. It, it's, it's a mixture between like John F. Kennedy and like. Robert Frost. Yeah, it's like a quote <laughs> yeah. that like your teacher would write on like the chalkboard the first day of every week in elementary school, and it would be like by JFK, like MLK, like You're someone. Like, what like, does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the last movie we're going to talk about, and that is Horse Girl, also on Netflix. Amber, I believe you saw this. What Am did I you think? One? I did as well. Oh, good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a wild ride. Did either of you guys watch the trailers for it? Oh, I watched I, yeah. the trailers. I watched the trailer. <laughs> Crazy. It's Alison Brie, for those who don't know, yeah. and basically she has like some sort of me- mental illness or something. Yeah, the whole movie, it's kind of a play on like what is that going on to, like what is going on with her? Because there's like physical evidence that something is happening, like weird stuff occurring like at her house and like to her body, but like you don't know if this is like all in her head or like if there's some ex- external like woo. some paranormal uh you know little nuggets in there yeah it was it was a wild ride um i'm waiting for you to make a horse pun with a wild ride (laughs) that's that's the that's the horse pun it takes the reins and never lets up there we go my only complaint about it is that like the end sequence where everything just kind of goes like crazy crazy was like too crazy it's pretty chaotic at the end. Things progress very quickly. It's a it's a slow burn until stuff hits the fan. Yeah, and it's very much a movie that can mess with your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's no like defined ending, which is a blessing and a curse. A blessing, like they didn't feel like they needed to deliver that to us, and like you, the viewers can interpret it how they want. But a curse because you're the- dying to know. And also, like, the ending was so, so messy. I would compare it to, like, the ending of Hereditary, where, like, a whole bunch of things happened at once. But with Hereditary, like, you're kind of excited to see, like, what is going on. Like, we need to know what's going on. And you don't really have that appeal because it just gets so weird that I'm like, uh, please end. <laughs> <You're> just like, <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Would you recommend this movie to people who haven't seen it? I would, especially if you're interested in... Uh, like psychological thrillers, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought it was a, a a fun time. I was enthralled the entire time because I, I find myself a lot of times when I'm watching movies or TV shows where I just listen and, like, play a game on my phone or something like that, and that didn't mm-hmm. happen. I totally mm-hmm. agree. You were where, enthralled? Yeah, I, I was I was into it. Uh, okay. It, it kept my attention the entire time. Obviously, like when I'm in a movie theater, it's different. I'm not yeah. on my phone. I'm not that guy. Uh, but when I'm just, you know, sitting on a couch watching a movie, I'll typically just listen to it and I can get the gist of most things. But this, you had to be visually engaged too. Yeah. You, you know what? Time. I actually, this, this makes me want to go back to Parasite for like two seconds. So, you know, I've seen all these threads on Twitter and like reactions from like 
like different audiences who are just starting to like watch that movie because like you know now because it's one best picture mm-hmm. like you know everyone's wanting to see it and i've heard so many people say can't get through this movie it's only subtitles and like that's like that's like a, a make or break point for them and i've been thinking about that a lot lately and like for example when i go home so my parents like watch movies mostly in like turner classic movies mm-hmm. and that's like their yeah. that's like their safe harbor every night they're watching it and half the nights they're split between like they're like genuinely pay attention but then most of the other nights they're they're doing stuff with their phone, you know, like oh yeah. Home entertainment makes it so easy to like just like engage on like different levels with like you know like, well yeah, play a game on your phone, do homework for school, like that's what I essentially did like extensively my first two years of school actually. But yeah, then like when it's a like you know an international film, they'll like people will be like subtitles, nah, you know I like I can't risk letting go of like multitasking yeah for the sake of watching this movie, and I just think that's really kind of interesting. The way that movie viewing has changed where you have to like be doing something and then watching a movie. Well, I think that just says a lot about people nowadays, right? Where you're so connected to your phone that you just don't want to miss anything. I mean, I I know it sounds like- We sound so old right now. You know, I'm yeah, boomer Alex over here, but uh, (laughs) there, there just comes a point where you need to be able to just enjoy one source of entertainment at a time. And I, you know, like I said, I'm guilty of it too. I'm on my phone a lot when I'm when I should be paying attention to other things. But I, I think when it comes to certain forms of art, which Parasite yeah. is an art form. I mean that 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 film is fantastic, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why I said film and not movie. I know Scorsese has that that Whoa, big distinction there, okay, and okay, you know, I don't I don't want to be you know big big film critic guy because uh, I'm not I'm not even close, but there comes a point where you just kind of have to accept something for what it is mm-hmm. and love that thing and not dilute it with anything else. Does that make sense? Yeah. I get that completely. And that's how you have to view Horse Girl, right? Where you have to like pay attention to the whole time. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you if, if you right. just yeah, aren't locked in for the entire thing, things will not make sense. Yeah. There will just be aspects of the movie where you're just looking around and you're like what is going on? That, that's what Even I'm... when you watch the movie, you say, what is going on? But oh, I can't yeah. imagine if I was on my phone playing like, I don't know, 1010 or something like that. Great and, choice. Uh, and, I, I know. And I'm just, I'm trying to beat my record, but I, I just, I, I would be so, so lost. That's the thing. Like, it's almost, uh, like the, the fact that there's so many different ways to, you know, kind of digest your entertainment and everything. There's so much, of a greater variety of entertainment being made. You know, you have these experiences that are best meant for, like, in a movie theater. You know, like, yeah. you know, the superhero films, like, all these different things that people call music. Any space rides. movie. Yeah. The big space, the Star Wars, <laughs> them movies. I wasn't talking about that um, one, but yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> Ad Astra. Th- th- <laughs> then you have all these different movies that, like, they're definitely, like, slow cookers. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, you can just digest them at home. All right, so that was our last movie, Horse Girl. So that's just all of our hot takes on it. Take it with what you will. We are not film critics by any means, but just simple people. Well, everybody's a critic. Yes, okay, that's true. We are all Martin Scorsese Yeah, but in we're, this we're room. doing our best to uh, rein it in. <laughs> that's another horse pun. Oh. 
Don't go. I, I want to go home. <laughs> George over here pulling out the coconuts. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, I'm just doing that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But thank you all for listening. Make sure if you're interested in going to see those RHA movies at Wells this weekend that you go check that out. And rah, don't forget rah, to rah. don't forget to listen to also movie night on Monday nights or eight to eight, ten p.m. Eight to ten. where we discuss movie soundtracks each week. So with that, thank you all for listening to Movie Chat. Thank you, Amber, George, and Alex for being here with me today for our second episode. And I'll see you all next time. Let's saddle out of here. <laughs> we st- are we still recording? <laughs> Please notice how no one else is left. <laughs> You've been listening to Movie Chat. Tune in next time for more cinema commentary.